Welcome to another episode of uh, Exposing Ourselves with Travis and Matt. I'm Travis Ritchie, and with me is my good pal... Matt Runquist. Yes, it's me, Matt Runquist. Hey, here in Matt, the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, hi, Travis. I am in, oh, I am in Ojai, California right now. Shit, I am house-sitting for your some joke. friends. Oh, good. No, that's no. That you, you set up the joke. Okay. Uh, but I am house-sitting for a lovely sheepdog. No, no. Uh, a, 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 a collie of some kind? I don't Sounds like a collie. Know. It's not a collie. It's, I think it's a sheepdog. And then a, a, a really pretty cat who I am not apparently allergic to, which is nice because ever since I was a teenager, I developed an allergy to cats. And I do love cats, so it really sucked that I was allergic to them. But they also have 14 chickens. 14 chickens? Yes, indeed, including two roosters who were up at the crack of dawn, waking me up at like 6 a.m. this morning, which I am unaccustomed to on my days off. I am really um, hoping that we get a little bit of a cameo from the roosters at some point in the next 45 minutes to an hour. Well, he was certainly making a lot of noise just before we started recording, and I don't know what was going on with him, but uh, he seems to have calmed down now, and I'm, I'm I'm on the side of hoping that he doesn't. Uh, make any noise well but, if, um, if I understand roosters correctly he was horny oh he, that could have been I mean because it's two roosters and uh, I guess 12 chickens so that that makes some sense I did just have lunch and it was fresh chicken eggs um, <laughs> fried with peanut butter on a sandwich so a fried egg peanut butter sandwich with fresh farm chicken like I just plucked them out of the uh, out of the hutch straight from, from the cloaca Uh, Well, this is the show where Matt and I expose each other to new things. I like music. music, And he's going to expose me to some of his favorite music, and I like movies. Yeah, and he's going to expose me to some of his favorite movies. Although, I think he has a grand plan, everybody. He's not doing this willy-nilly like I am. He has a big plan. I actually think that my plan is uh, adjusting a bit because what I've enjoyed the last two weeks is doing kind of a theme and having, uh, since you have a better idea of what music you like and you want to expose me to, which I love, I have these last two weeks matched my movie kind of to your selection. So, um, Dear listeners... I want to now, Travis, cover your ears. Yeah. Listeners, I oh, want you to I know. Can't. I've got earbuds. I, <laughs> Covering my ears would do nothing. It it was a joke. <laughs> oh. It was hilarious. Listeners, I want you to know there is no grand plan on my side. So basically, Travis has now declared his intention to have a theme based on my whims, and frankly, I'm about it. But I will still, I I, I think, so my grand plan is going to kind of be um, more fluid. So I'm not letting go of my plan. I like that. Uh, I like that. But I just do. So my other thing, it was interesting to listen to last week's show and see how many times I was umming and uh uhing, which I, as an actor, should be much better at. I got to admit, as an improviser, I didn't notice your ums and ahs because I had about three to four times as many as you did. The fun thing is, though, is you might not know this because I eliminated a lot of them while editing the show, Travis. (laughs) Really? Did you eliminate yours and not mine? Well, just that's I have this thing I do. uh, 
active listening. So uh-huh. I spend a lot of time while you're talking going, yes, mm-hmm. yes, uh-huh. Oh, and yeah, I'm I okay don't, with that. Yeah, well, I, I didn't like it, so I got rid of a lot of them. Oh, interesting, interesting. I, 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 can see how, I can see how that doesn't work so well with radio, too, because when you're listening to someone and talking to them, it, you get that extra channel of visual information where you can see them nodding and all that. But it's, uh, it did remind me, what you just said is, when I started Boy Cow Radio, my other podcast, back in 2006, wow, before anybody old. knew what a podcast was, I know I'm old, uh, or am I just ahead of the, my time, uh, or both. The curve the, is in your rearview mirror, that's for sure. Exactly. But I used to go through that podcast and edit the crap out of it, where I was cutting out all, like, pauses and all little things like what I just did. And so... It was uh, it was actually very interesting to listen to. The pace is really good on that, but this time uh, I do need to, I think, be a little more deliberate with my speech. That's all, and possibly even slow down just a little bit. I like that. I like that. So, I guess maybe I will I will take take the reins from you this time. Yeah. And say, let's start with yours because I'm excited about it. No, no, I, we're not going to start with mine. We got to oh. do our little recap thing. Oh, how like our weekly recap. How have I? Been, uh, how have you been since the last time I saw you, Travis? Uh, I have been very good. So I finished my semester of school. Uh, I have been doing online college at the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, actually. And I did. Uh, so that was one of the things I did when I came back from Japan. Can I have a little and aside I, here for everyone? Yeah, yeah. So what you all don't know is that I am about four miles from the campus of the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee right now, and Travis is about uh, 2,100 miles from the campus of the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee right. right now. I was, I was much closer when I started school, and <laughs> then I, I was, I was in, I've been all over the place, so uh, I didn't, it helped that I was a Wisconsin resident, but they had an online-only option through uh, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and it was quite an experience doing that. And so what I did was, basically I did it because I just wanted to not feel like my pandemic was, like I was wasting my pandemic. I had just finished writing my novel and Biden had just been elected. And so I was like, oh, well, if he's going to do student loan forgiveness, maybe this is a good time to get some student loans and, you know, finish my degree, which I never did. And uh, I did a, my first semester of full-time classes was great. I made the dean's list, which... wow. Considering, yeah, do you know what my GPA was when I left the University of Minnesota? Uh, I'm going to guess it was below two. It was below two. It was, I think, a 1.87. Oof. And, yeah, yeah. So, to come back to school and make the dean's list my first semester back was quite an achievement. I felt good about. And the second semester, I was back in L.A. and had been in my car accident already. And so I was doing physical therapy. It was it was much harder. I think I had a a statistics class that I absolutely hated how they taught it online because basically they just gave us a book and said, "Here, learn statistics," which is not not the way how, to do that. How are you earning your paycheck exactly? Well, we gave you the book, didn't we? <laughs> yes. And that was with a TA helping too. So but um, I did full-time, and then, and then I had picked up a job in the middle of that semester and had to 
move in the middle of that semester. And I feel like there was one other thing that was really like adding to my pile of things. So this year, starting with spring semester, I did halftime. And then in the fall, I did halftime again. But despite the fact that this last semester was two of the easiest classes I've ever taken, one of my uh, communications classes and then one, uh, one was dinosaurs. <laughs> and it was my science class. Oh, man, I love dinosaurs still so much. Everyone, and everyone loves dinosaurs. Which, side note, is one of the things I'm enjoying most about these chickens is because they, they are, are, they are dinosaurs. tiny little dinosaurs. Speaking of how old we are, folks, um, mm-hmm. when we were growing up, we didn't know that birds were dinosaurs. Yes. We yes. all... We all thought they were lizards, uh, and yeah. and well, we didn't think birds and... were lizards. We thought dinosaurs were lizards, uh, and, right? And uh, and this is and we didn't I, know that tyrannosaurus had feathers. We didn't know tyrannosaurus had feathers. We all we, there was yep. one there was one fossil. We had one fossil. You young children, we had one <laughs> fossil that had feathers. And now everybody's just right. like, the yeah, bird, birds are dinosaurs. Right? Yep, right? Archaeopteryx. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then. Not only that, but the uh, the theory of how they went extinct, the, 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 the asteroid, was a hotly contested theory back in our day. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's, a, now it's considered established fact. We've found the site. We know where it landed, how it all went down. Is that Chicxa Club, the, the one in yep. Mexico? Okay. Yep. Yep, exactly. All so right. That was... That was pretty great. Anyway, um, all that to say, I'm, I finished my, I handed in my last paper on Sunday and got my grade. I, I got a C in communications and an A in dinosaurs. And <laughs> I'm okay with that because I was so stressed out from this semester, even though it was so easy. So I am now going to step away from school for a while and uh, focus on being creative i have yeah. i have so many books that i need to write i have to write my decimus sequel i have to write the um i have to finish i have to do the revisions on the inspector chronicles book and i have at least two or three pilots that i need to write tv pilots and a spec script so it's um it's a lot and i i school was just one too many things that i was putting on myself and so it created this creative log jam for me so anyway Good thing I've taken on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, this is this is the fun stuff, right? You watch something, you talk about it. It's easy peasy. Absolutely, absolutely. I uh, I also How had about a, you? I had a good week as well. I um, uh, we had a band practice, which is funny, mostly because my band is called No Practice Only Play. Uh, oh, I love that you're still in a band. Yeah, well, it's not still. It's it's this year. Uh, I oh, I had a friend a new who band. invite. Yep, this uh, new band. Uh, hadn't played for like 20 years. A friend invited me to play in his cover band, and we did a little bit. And I was like, "Hey, we should play for my birthday." Uh, I had a birthday party for myself. I often do when I get to those big round numbers, and uh, and he bailed on me so with like a week oh. to go. Uh, so I reached out to some friends of mine that I knew played instruments, but weren't currently in a band, and I was like, "Hey, can we learn two, three songs for my birthday?" Right. We had one practice a week ahead of time and then we played at my birthday. There's a YouTube video. I can I can drop a, a link to it if you'd like. Yes, uh, please. It, put it in the show it, notes. It was a lot of fun. Um, 
And uh, yeah, and so we called the band No Practice Only Play because we were just like, let's just send it. We're just going to, you know, who cares if it's bad? Like, we want to do this fun thing. And we did the fun thing. And here's the thing, Travis. This was Rolling the Dice outdoor party in Wisconsin on October 1st. But oh, we, wow. But we did it. Is October 1st particularly? Uh, I it, feel like that's it can vary, great, beautiful it can, fall weather. No, it can very easily be below freezing oh. on October 1st. Really? I mean, oh. it can also be 70 degrees, right? Like, <laughs> there, there's a, you know, it's, this is Wisconsin. There's a wide range of possible uh, choices. Can I make a suggestion for you, please? Absolutely. I want so much, my brain uh, locked onto this idea while you were talking, and I cannot let it go. I want you to call your band Nopey Opey. <laughs> Instead of no pop. No, Nopey Opey. Uh, yeah, I nope-y-opey. like that. Nopey as a word. Like, no, no, spell like it out. Nopey Opey. Nopey Opey, yeah. And that's good, people, actually. And that's, then you make a story of where the name came now from. That we're, like, oh, now that we're practicing, uh, you know, we can't really be no practice only play anymore. So I will bring Nopey Opey to the group. Uh, but I'm, defi- I'm definitely on board. Uh, I love that. I have I, always what an original, wanted to interesting have, band name. I have always wanted to name a band uh, your favorite dinosaur. Uh, you know, what's your favorite dinosaur? Oh, they're a band. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was I wasn't sure if you were asking me what my favorite dinosaur. Like, if no, you no. knew what my right, favorite no, dinosaur the idea, was, and I the didn't. idea is the band is named your favorite dinosaur, and then each album would be like you know, the first album would obviously be named after my favorite dinosaur. Which is the Stegosaurus, obviously. Interesting. Okay, oh, I'm a like I realize it's a childish choice, but come on, big no, plates on I the back, it. spike tail. Stegosaurus is goddamned interesting it dinosaur. Is. It's a like, fascinating dinosaur, and just a tiny yeah. little peanut head. Like, yeah. like there are yeah. there are some small-brained dinosaurs, some bird-brained dinosaurs, but the Stegosaurus yeah. is pretty fantastic for how tiny its head is. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that one that had an additional brain in its butt, like at the base of its tail? Uh, I believe that was one of the herbivores uh, that was Stegosaurus so large. herbivores. Uh, but it was like a brachia, like a giant, one of the really, yeah. really, like the house-sized Actually, ones. Actually, I heard that the, those, them, those had, thems, thems, had more than two brains. Like, they had like little little helper brains. I think I think else. we can all agree that no matter how many brains they had, it was not enough. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but uh, one of the things I learned in my dinosaur class was how smart um, or, uh, ornithids were. The, so the um, the more bird-like raptors and okay. T-Rexes and those, sure. like the hunting dinosaurs, were generally very, very smart. Or even hadrosaurs and duck-billed dinosaurs, which were um, more meat-eaters, were, like, had community and socialization, a social structure. Wow. Uh, they think now. Yeah, which is fairly interesting. Well, we are going off the rails here, but this is all good stuff. Um, let me let me tell everyone what your assignment was this week. So please, I chose please. a band that I've been listening to quite a bit recently. Um, they are uh, what I like to call pop metal. Uh, a lot of satanic imagery that's all very tongue-in-cheek. This is the band Ghost, led by uh, Tobias Forge, who's a Swedish headbanger dude who came up through the very very heavy metal scene and uh he started this new project around 2010 that was a little poppier and and really revolved around a mysterious cult-like figure papa emeritus so sort of a dark pope and his nameless ghouls who played the instruments 
Uh, so I put together a playlist. It's available uh, on YouTube Music. And uh, Travis, tell us tell us what you thought. You listened to it a couple of times. I listened to it, uh, I think, three times through. And what's interesting is because uh, I can't figure out how to turn off autoplay on my <laughs> on my phone. So when I get to the end of the album, and this is an album I had never heard any single one of these songs, but at some point a song that I was familiar with played, and I was like, oh, I've heard this song. And then I would look, and it wouldn't be the same. You know, it was something by Darkness, uh, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, and but I gotta say, you did a great job putting this uh, playlist together for me because I found it to be almost completely delightful. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah i I thought that the uh, I thought that the 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 music was complex and uh, the, especially the instrument playing, uh, all the different instruments and layering of of, of tune and melody and beat was. None of it was overpowering. I liked the guy, the singer. I don't know if it was one guy or or, or multiple singers, but generally his voice is uh, nice to listen to. It's not harsh like many metal bands are to me, where you know it's it sounds more like screaming. Uh, I do. Um, so yeah, and 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 all the songs were different. So. The, the first song you had starts with a really good beat, and I was hiking, and, all, and I found myself, my pace was picking up, and I found that it was a really good kind of beat to walk to, and ended up, you know, my watch was tracking my you know, hiking, and it ended up like beating my normal average mile time, uh, my time. So, so all that to for say, the I listeners. really... In- the first mm-hmm. song is uh, Square Hammer. Now, this is this is sort of the song that, um, to the extent that that Ghost is a cultural phenomenon at this point, this is the this is the song that brought them to sort of big, wide public attention. And it's kind of funny because it's not actually on one of their full albums. It's on an EP that has four cover songs, and then this was like the original song on it to sort of act as a as a an enticement for people to purchase oh, it. Interesting. Um, but it's a fantastic song. It's, you know, it's, it has all of the themes of ghost with like, there's, there's this mysterious dark fig- figure who's being called, uh, you know, called upon to provide power for someone. It's all, it's all like spooky, but not, not too spelled out. Right. It's a little, it's a little spooky. And, and, and the different sound vibes that you get are uh, range, from that kind of like spooky, dark, like driving rhythm to something a little bit more, there's something a little bit more gentle here and there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then some of it, and you could hear a lot of the like European uh, influences. Absolutely. So, uh, so uh, Tobias Forge is Swedish and ABBA is, ABBA rules everything in Sweden. Even, oh, even I would metal. not have said anything Yaba, but I was thinking much more like '80s, where you've got like Europe and the you mm-hmm. know Final Countdown type sounds. Yeah, so you know, in yeah. fact, there is a moment where you have mm-hmm. that kind of Final Countdown beginning. Yes, yeah, yeah, and um, the so there's uh, their most recent album Impera, which came out in 2022. There are three tracks from that on this uh, playlist, and he's. He's very much acknowledged that uh, the the sort of hair metal of the '80s was a big 
big influence for this album in particular, uh, you know, sort of Def Leppard pyromania type of big, big sounds, big drums, big, big arenas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy. And the, the mixing of all those sounds together was, um, like I said, complex and, uh, and, and just kind of nuanced at the same time, you mm -hmm. know? So I, I, I did enjoy that. That's not to say I didn't have uh, some nitpicks. Tell uh, us. Well, first of all, anytime I'm listening to any music and I hear the word God or hear um, religious, anything that's religious, you know, uh, imagery, I do tend to bristle a little bit. And that's me. That's on me. That's not the fault of the music where this is kind of, that's the point. That's what they were, things they were going for. Except I will also say that I couldn't understand the lyrics because the lyric mixing, the the uh, the, the vo vocal mixing was too low. So it was uh, the the music I was listening to was heavily music and, and instrumental, and the and the vocals were almost just another instrument mixed in rather than being the point. So I wasn't able to appreciate the poetry of the lyrics which did you I didn't did actually, you end up looking up the lyrics at all? i meant to i meant to but i didn't have time uh and i i should have maybe asked you for time before we recorded this so i i could do that <laughs> but i didn't yeah no uh i i i would agree that that his voice is an instrument um one little tidbit about the band is that when he started this project he always intended to be the primary there go the roosters Hopefully you all uh, were able to hear that. Um, the uh, When he started the project, he intended to be the primary songwriter and guitarist, but he did not want to be the vocalist. Uh, oh, he's, he's expressed actually in interviews that he's, you know, he writes the songs and, and then, and then doesn't really get to play them at all. Cause he, when he's performing, he doesn't perform with an instrument. He, he's just uh, roaming the stage and, and sort of, getting the crowd riled up and, and interacting with people, but, uh, he's not, uh, he doesn't get to play. So he's, he's, you know, he tried to hire a vocalist to, to play the main character, Papa. And, uh, the, the person that he had chosen, uh, didn't want to do it and he couldn't find anyone else. And so finally he, he just decided to do it himself. And obviously it's been very, very successful, but I think there is part of Tobias Forge that does not want to be, the guy up in front doing the thing that's interesting but he but he is in you're saying he ended up being the guy he is the guy and and he's he's does a pretty fantastic job of it did you end up watching any videos oh no okay. i meant to and especially since um our playlist i noticed and because i i'm fairly new to youtube music and so the, the when you're in YouTube Music in the app, at least mm -hmm. it has where you can watch the video or listen to the song. And I meant to, but I was uh, on, like I said, on hikes for most of this, and then also then dealing with school. And yeah, and he's become a pretty coming. he's become a pretty competent performer. You know, he's no Janet Jackson or anything, but uh, does a lot of like hand gestures and and interaction with the audience. That's quite uh, you know quite endearing. Um, hmm. yeah, it's, it's good stuff. So, yeah. Right. Um, well, there the, was, go ahead. Well, I have a couple other, uh, nitpicks. Sure. Uh, I guess not a couple other, let's see. I said that one. Um, one other one though, there is a, there is a song and I can't remember what the, um, 
uh, what the I'm trying to figure out which song it is, and I was going to look it up before we started recording. I feel like it's right in the middle. I might be um, able to tell you if you describe it. There is just a lyric where you the, the, they say something, and then it's like uh, something about heart, uh, heart of like, darkness at the heart of my love. Thunder. Oh, maybe. Is it there's a is it thunder oh. of your heart thunder in your heart thunder? Oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. This is this it's is like the radio line right is something here. like uh, uh, I hear the thunder of your heart or something okay. like that, right? And it feels like it's a, there's a beat that it should go to, but how he sings it is something like I hear the thunder of your heart, and it's like <laughs> it, it's like it's like skips like a. a Three quarters of a beat. It's not even like an <laughs> uh, like an offbeat, and it annoyed me every single time I heard it. And it's and it's completely on purpose. And he, they do it multiple times in the song. I'm actually curious what this is now. Uh... I do, I do. If we if we if we if we try to find it, can we cut this bit out? Or or we can find it and then insert. That we can find it after we're done recording, and then come back and insert into. Wait, this now spot. I want to find it. Like oh, I feel like listening. I do it. Can we do lyrics on these? I can also. You turn can down. do lyrics. I can hear that uh, through through your microphone. Yeah, that was a nice long. I don't know that this is the song. No. Well, that's not. That's the one at the end. So. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how I... Oh, here are the lyrics. It could be Cerise, actually. It's okay. We can cut this part out. Let's give a clap yeah, so yeah, we can yeah. get... Let's get synced just so I can find this real quick. Okay. Ready? Yeah, you count. Welcome back. Uh, uh, it's Cerise. We- <laughs> it's Cerise. We found it. We found the song, and we found that the my issue with it was due to not hearing one of the words that's in the lyric. Uh, I thought the lyric was, um, "I can hear the thunder, I can feel the thunder that's breaking in your heart," and that's the actual lyric. And I thought it was, "I can feel the thunder that's breaking your heart," and it felt so weird because I couldn't really hear that in. Um, yeah. Anyway. But I will say thank you. This was a uh, this was an interesting educational, and I will probably keep uh, some of those some of those songs in my playlist. Yeah, awesome. That's yeah. that's great news. All right. Yeah. Uh, so Matthew's assignment, based on his assignment, I asked him if he had, as you heard last week, if you le- if you heard last week, I asked Matthew if he had ever seen uh, Hellraiser by Clive Barker, and he had not. And I thought that's not only uh, an important. Um, uh, an important movie to... Sorry, everybody, that was my ding, if you heard that. I hate it when I'm listening to podcasts and I hear hear their computer ding. It didn't come through, but now we're going to have to cut that out. Well, maybe. <laughs> uh, but I, you know what? I, I There's one person who will suddenly have looked oh, that to see one, what... I, was, was that mine? Am I digging or are you? <laughs> now oh, I, I didn't know. hear it. You might have You might have just heard it based on my... Uh, you know, It came through from my end. I don't know. Okay. But... I hate it when I'm listening to podcasts and there's a ding and I'm like, oh, is that mine? Or a phone that buzzes in the exact same way mine does. Anyway, uh, but I assigned Matthew Hellraiser because it's a, not only a, a pretty good horror movie, but it is an important horror movie as uh, it, 
is probably, Pinhead is probably my, one of my two favorite horror movie villains alongside Freddy Krueger. And I think it's because he has so much story. There's so much backstory about him. And also he has a personality of his own, which I've never liked watching Jason or Michael Myers or Leatherface because they don't really have personalities. And I love it when a villain, when a, like a, a monster can actually communicate. And, uh, and so that's what this is. Although, interestingly enough, uh, uh, Pinhead did not originally have a name. Pinhead was originally just lead uh, demon or something like that. And so uh, it wasn't until the... What are they called? The Cenobites? Cenobites, yes. Yeah. And so uh, the he wasn't, in, he wasn't called Pinhead until the sequels because the apparently the crew and then the fans started calling him Pinhead, which makes sense because he's a guy with pins in his head. Like, what else are you going to call him? So, um, so yeah. Uh, should I tell? I mean, anything How else? How much? Should I no, this no. Up? Uh, I so I really enjoyed it. Also, we'll start there. Uh, I really enjoyed okay. it. I am not a horror movie buff by any stretch of okay. the imagination, but some of my favorite movies that I have ever watched are horror movies. Um, yeah. But I have a I I don't have a strong stomach. Um, I'm not a huge fan of jump scares. I don't really like disgusting for the sake of disgusting um which mm-hmm. i think a lot of a lot of stuff that's out there is um yeah. and so so the gore the the, the gore porn yeah gore for the sake right of now. gore is not and, yeah. and so you know and so interestingly hellraiser starts with some pretty gory stuff um, it is not it is it is not for the faint of heart it is a fairly gory movie it is but it's not it's not wall to wall um, and and when I started this movie, I was a little concerned uh, because, you know, you, you start and then uh, the um, brother. Oh, God, I've, I'm sorry. I've forgotten his name. Uh, Frank. Frank. Frank gets torn apart right at the beginning. Yeah. And and, um, and then Pinhead walks around in the gore for a little bit. Um, yes. And, and puts I, his face back together. Yeah. Yeah. I actually half expected the face to start talking there. So did I, yeah. 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 I rewatched it recently too. And it's it's funny because my memory has conflated. I used to watch horror movies like this because my older brothers, who were 10 and 12 years older than I was, were teenagers. So, like, when this came out in 1987, I was 10, but my brothers were uh, 20, I guess. Yeah. And and this was ideal for them. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I I really, really liked it. I would agree the the bad guys, the Cenobites have a ton of character. Um the the idea makes sense, right? Um and it is a fundamentally like 80s concept of horror of like you want to enjoy yourself, you're going to be punished, right? Like that's yeah, you know yeah. that's the thing that we've always, you know, oh, the who's who's going to be the first one to die, the one who's having sex, right? Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, and the, and this movie sort of takes that to the nth degree. Um but I thought it was a fascinating story. Um I did wish that um I did wish that the the main female character, not the not the final girl, the um yeah, the wife. The wife. I did wish she was a little more fleshed out, but like I understood her story and and I, you know, like I get it. Um and I thought that was a really good story and an unexpected story. 
based on my first few moments with her. Like I was yeah. like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Right. This is someone yeah. so who's So that's Julia as played Julia. by Claire Higgins. Yeah. Julia. Who was actually supposed to be I guess the star of the series. Um, but she opted not to come back after the second one. She was in the second one, interestingly enough. Uh, even if you haven't if you haven't seen it. No, which is I a surprising thing to hear based on the Hellraiser movies. Yeah, so based on how the first movie ends, one wouldn't think she could be back. Yeah. But yeah, but um, she does. I mean, the you know, it's funny, right? Because the movie does play with the line between life and death. And so, you know, on a certain level, you're like, yeah, of course. I mean, anybody could be back because you can just bleed on the floor and, and they'll pop out of <laughs> But, yeah, uh, yeah. It, you know, I thought it was really, really good, uh, you know, the interesting thing about it from the perspective of someone who's never seen it before is right. The Cenobites are not really the bad guys, right? Frank is the bad guy. And to a lesser extent, Julia is the bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. So the humans, you know, this is something you do to yourselves, right? Like the, right. It, was, it was really, it's... really fantastic. But of course the Cenobites are bad guys too, because they make a deal with uh, the daughter and, and then, uh, you know, totally, totally just like no never mind we're not gonna <laughs> i mean to be fair pinhead does say maybe so yes yes I mean, he's he's yeah he's not uh he, he he yeah he's not being unfair or un untruthful i think he's not being untruthful I, I do think he's being unfair but he's not being untruthful possibly possibly there's certainly yeah you can't accuse them of being untruthful ever and i think that that's an interesting thing is that they wear their intentions on their leather sleeves Mm-hmm. And uh, really tell you what you're in for. Do you uh, so as someone who's more steeped in the mythology here? Are the do the Cenobites correspond to the Seven Deadly Sins, or is that just like a okay? It's it's just sort of like oh, there's a fat one, so maybe this is gluttony, or but yeah, that's not really what's going on. Not that I'm aware of. It's uh, very. I think... uh, it, it's very out of like. It's very original. Right. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I realize that's a totally dumb thing to say as, as somebody who's, you know, experiencing it 35 years late. But like, that's it. I didn't realize like this is it's like nothing else before it, you know, it really is like, I mean, sure. Yeah. You know, you could say, OK, well, you're calling them Cenobites, but they're really demons <laughs> or in like if you're going to have a vocal tick, uh, Siemens, uh, you know, but um, <laughs> Well, also they weren't uh, they, were, they weren't necessarily from hell. They were from another dimension, you know. Yeah, but I mean, again, that's kind of a distinction without a difference. But like, you know, it's clear that there's like something going on there that makes that someone has thought about. And so this is this is an interesting thing, right? Is because you you gave me a hard time last week for going well what are you know you've got all these questions about how and why why don't you have this about this right and i would say the reason that i don't wonder like oh gosh where are these centibites coming from coming from is because i feel like somebody has answered this question at some point somebody has thought about this and and that person is clive parker you know (laughs) you mean you mean at the point at this point in the movie like at when this, this point movie was the, made, like, those yeah, questions already were. Yeah, like aware. Clyde yeah. Barker knows in his head what he thinks mm-hmm. the Cenobites are. Whereas he, he I does, didn't get the and... sense that anybody knew what the immortals were. And so, yeah, there was a tacked on explanation about aliens later, and sure, why not? But like, like you know, the the point is, is like 
somebody thought through the implications of this story and and yeah. came up with a backstory that made sense. And uh, do you see yeah. it all here? No, but like I, you can just tell. But from you the get it fed out to you over the course of the next couple of movies, right? And so you do find out some of this stuff. And this is why uh, the further Hellraiser movies are good, and why the further Highlander movies are not, is because the further mm-hmm. Highlander movies are just pasting on explanations post ex post facto. Sure, sure, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, the uh, yeah. So, and I like the the thing about. Pain being pleasurable, that's, first of all, a thing that exists, right? People, people are sadomasochists, and they do get... So to have, to have that be the exploration of human experience, the, the furthest reaches of experience are to experience pain on purpose so painful that it starts to feel good or, 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 is, is, or, or vice versa, like... Uh, I thought that was a very, uh, it's an interesting concept. So let me ask you this. And I think, by the way, to answer your question, though, uh, I think the the nature of the Cenobites does reflect their particular sin. Okay. Probably. But okay. not necessarily. And, you know, if there are, how many sins are there? If you're going to boil it down, it's probably one of the ten de- seven deadly sins, but it's not like, I don't think that they were, there are seven Cenobites for each sin, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. So here's the thing that, you know, uh, I think a lot of people found out later, right, that's sort of super well known now, right, is that Clive Barker is gay. Could this story have been written by a straight person? Like somebody Mm. who was not a closeted gay man in the 80s, although I don't know how closeted he was (sighs) or whether it was Mm. just that like nobody was publicizing it. I think he was personally out, but that, you know. Like yeah, I don't know. Going, Gay author Clive, Clive Barker, uh, you know. Yeah, it's a good. It's an interesting thing. I mean, I think that writers in general of of sci-fi and um, and horror tend to be in. I don't know. I, I'd be interested in the numbers on this, but I feel like they tend to be non cis, you know, straight male. Writers, there's generally something about them that puts them out of that powerful group, you know, societally powerful group. And so you're there. A lot of people who write horror and sci-fi probably come from outside of that, uh, and 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 are looking at it from that viewpoint. But I don't know. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, so this movie was made for about a million dollars, just under a million. I think uh, uh, Wikipedia says one million, but I think it was actually like nine hundred thousand, and it made uh, just under fifteen million dollars at the box office. So it was respectable. Who? One interesting who did thing. The eff- oh, uh, sorry. Do you know who, oh. uh, like who did the effects on this? Is this somebody that uh, that like I would know later? You know? Oh, like the visual effects? Yeah, or because the, the because this the special effects are are you know the, the like the the gore and the and the ah yeah the makeup know, the effects flesh, which the were makeup really effects are, good are, man. I mean the those makeup effects on the Cenobites hold up hundred percent today. Like you would you, also on Frank, like Frank coming I, back to life on Frank and, coming back uh, to life and like yeah. seeing him as a person, seeing a person yeah. without their skin and like. Yeah, that so looks I'm like curious, a person without their skin. I'm curious. Does this uh, is this somebody that I would know later? Like, uh, uh, is this not a, that like I a, am aware of? Okay, 
No, but uh, the interesting thing uh, that I found about it was that it was actually filmed originally in England. And so what, as I also rewatched it, I found myself to be annoyed at some of the bad dubbing. <laughs> right? And some of the bad, like you, you were like, well, that, doesn't, that voice doesn't sound like it came from that person. Like, what, what's going on here? And it's because it didn't. Originally, they were filmed with British actors, and they, the studio wanted to set it in Baltimore or wherever, Boston, I guess it was. I, th- and I, so, w- I, I Yeah, it was like New England-ish. I, I don't because know. Because they changed the setting from England to Boston, they had to redub all the dialogue that they'd shot with these British actors. So, uh, so I thought that that was fairly interesting. I did interesting. not know that, yeah. Yeah. Also interesting because I love Andrew Robinson as an actor based on his work on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He played Garrick in Deep Space yes, Nine. Yes, yes, he did. Sorry, who is Andrew and, Robinson in this? Was he the oh, main? Oh, he dude? was the no. The he was Larry. Husband. He was the he was the husband. The husband. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and it, I, I found myself audience something you're going to learn over the course of this podcast is I am atrocious with character names really really bad I will watch a show a tv show for years and not be able to recall someone's name so uh so I apologize for describing people by their role rather than their actual name uh or their character name but I'm really really bad with them so Uh, a lot of people are the same way so I don't think you have to worry too much about that but um but yeah, so I, I found myself not loving his performance in this movie all that much. And uh, it wasn't until, and I, we're going to spoil this, but it's a 35-year-old movie. It wasn't until Frank takes his skin, and then you're watching Frank in Larry's body, and he does this complete transformation as a character, and you're like, oh, I yeah. see what's... Yeah, no, that was all deliberate. It's funny, right? Because I think one of the things that doesn't super-duper hold up is is how did, how did he get this woman to begin with, <laughs> right? Like, what attracted this woman? Because he's in a relationship with this woman, and she's his, his soon-to-be bride uh, when Frank seduces her. Uh, but Larry, Larry is just a, a nebbish, right? Like he's just. But, but a, he's a nice guy. He's a he's good a, guy, and he's got probably got a good job, and he's you know. It's easy I would have li- I would have liked just maybe one scene where we where where we get a little bit of a sense of why Larry and and Sheila Sheila. Julia? Julia, Julia, why Larry and Julia are together? That's all, and, and that's and, and Larry's. That's the, that is the and Larry has a daughter from a previous relationship, by the way. Right. Remember? Right. And that I that I get, right? Like that's that's fine. Like I I'm not saying Larry would never be with a woman. It's just we start this we start this movie with uh Julia very sad, uh, and we don't know why, right? And then it you know, it like it becomes that story is told over the course of the movie. I just I would have liked because Larry is, yeah, he's he's like actively unlikable for most of the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you I I would have liked a scene that that shows something about you know some uh, him being charming or or something, because uh, because there's no there's like anti chemistry between him and Julia. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. And I, I actually didn't particularly like Julia in this movie either, uh, but I do like her better in the next movie, and I'm glad because. It, watching them back to back, it gives me a little bit more appreciation for her performance in this movie. Um, She's pretty restrained, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that what you're saying? I mean, uh, honestly, she's got a lot. There's a lot of B word energy uh, in her in this movie, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's understandable, right? She's being dragged off to this old, you know, drafty old mansion. But I wasn't sure if it, it was it because is clear of that, that or she's... if it was because of. You know, if it was because of this '80s actress energy, like it could have easily been sure. '80s yeah. actress syndrome. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was. No, I, so. I, I, gonna thank you for getting me to watch this movie because uh, I wouldn't have watched it without the assignment. Um, because, like I Great. said, I don't, I don't generally watch horror movies, and it's fantastic. It's, it's yeah. really this one. This one I felt deserves its reputation that's great and i and i will say that the uh in for the most part i have enjoyed most of the sequels to this franchise as well so hellraiser 2 hellbound is uh, i rewatched that this week as well and it wasn't as good as i remembered it but it was definitely interesting and adds some complexity the third movie hellraiser 3 hell on earth with terry farrell who is also from uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, I know Terry Farrell. Yeah, I l- really like that movie quite a bit. And then the fourth one sucks, but then like the next ones were all like direct-to-video, and I think they did something like nine of them before they got rid of Doug Bradley as Pinhead. And um, they... And I, and I like most of them. And I love... Can we just say for a second, talk about Doug Bradley... As mm-hmm. the villain, like that is easily a role that a less capable actor wouldn't have made as interesting. Yeah, and in fact, we've proven it because the recent remake of Hellraiser on Hulu, I think it is, it is has a different actor as Pinhead, and she is not nearly as interesting. She plays it very blandly and blankly, mm-hmm. and. Um, there, yeah, it does. It's not at all interesting to me. Yeah, so. I mean, there is something about Doug Bradley as Pinhead that's very compelling, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, like because the point is, is these the these demons have to be summoned. I'm just going to call them demons. They have to be yeah. summoned, right? They don't. They don't just show up. And right. with Doug Bradley as Pinhead, you understand why you might summon them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, and interestingly enough, uh, a little backstory that I was reading about, originally the Cenobites all had kind of an equal number of lines, Mm -hmm. but because the Butterball Cenobite and the Chatterbox Cenobite uh, Cenobite, uh, couldn't talk through their makeup, Uh they had to basically give their lines to the other two, and most of them went to Pinhead, and so he became then... Yeah. The lead Cenobite, right. and so uh, which is his which is his title in the in the in the in the thing lead Cenobite. You know, and honestly, so. I, it's funny, right? Like I don't, I can imagine, and I you know I haven't seen any of the rest of this. I can imagine a world where one of the other Cenobites takes the lead for a different person whose desires are different. Hmm. Right, that Pinhead Pinhead for for Frank is the lead Cenobite because he's the one who's desi- whose, you know, predilections line up with, with Frank. 
you know that I could easily see that as a in a in a in a novel I would see that. Yeah. But uh, when it's movies, when yeah. the, when you suddenly when the audience get used to this character oh, and sure. like attaches themselves to him in such yeah. a way, I think that's oh yeah no. But I just, I'm I just not glad mean like, for it. In, like a, in a in a backstory yes. kind of way. Yeah. For sure. And there is backstory for uh, Pinhead if you want to look into the rest of the movies. So uh, let's give it a rating. All right. I, Man, I'm giving this one a nine. I, I would love to say ten, but I want to leave room for... Wow. For, yeah. yeah. No, I loved it. I really, I really I loved it. I might have not given it that much, uh, that high of a rating. I probably would have gone like uh, maybe eight. Very good, but maybe there's, I think, yeah, yeah. It, not without its flaws. Sure. That way. Sure, but I, you know, I, I feel like it, it was a really, really fantastic movie. Really liked it. Nice. I felt like it was pa- paced really well. I felt like there, like there was enough gore to make my stomach turn right, but then there wasn't so much that I was like, oh, I'm just turning this off, right? Uh, you good. know, it. Good. It, good. Yeah, I really, really liked it. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give the ghost playlist that you gave me uh, probably Ooh. seven out of ten. Okay. Um, if only because I would have enjoyed it more with I, I didn't need the the kind of religious storyline mm-hmm. that they built off of it. I thought I, th- I think I think their talents as a, as musicians yeah. don't need that, um, and it detracted for me a bit. Sure. And then also the the audio the the mixing on the vocals. I would have rather I would have liked to have been hearing some of that more more words. Uh, you know, it's funny to you and me. Uh, the religious Im- imagery is like obviously fake, right? Like it's obviously like we're trying to we're trying to wind you up, right? Uh, Maybe. You know, and it's fascinating. I've become aware recently that there are people that take Ghost dead seriously. You know, that's and, the thing, and, and it's it doesn't seem obvious to me. Like if you say it's obvious and it's, and it's that I get it, but well, it's not how's apparent. this? It's I, I would say it's apparent that this person is not actually running a church. Right. Hmm. And again, I, th- I do think you should actually after we're done here, you should go watch that video that I dropped I in the chat and then we can briefly discuss it next week. All right. All right. What do we have for next, next week? week? Yeah. You tell me. You tell me. I'll go. Okay. For, I'll make my suggestion off of yours. So, well, this one's going to be a tough one to make a, su- a suggestion off of. Are you familiar oh. with the band Alabama Shakes? Uh, oh, you know what? I think the name sounds familiar, but that's okay. about it. Okay. So Alabama Shakes uh, is no longer active, but they uh, came out with a an album out of nowhere about 2012 or so called Boys and Girls. Absolutely fantastic album. I've assigned you the whole thing. There is a playlist. No. I great. will I will drop the link to the playlist for you. Uh, but... Uh, hmm. It's really, really good. It's very, I would call it uh, roots rock, uh, southern inflected, led by a fantastic guitarist and vocalist named Brittany Howard. I almost called her Brittany Murphy, but that's a different person. Uh, Brittany Howard. Uh, Real force of nature. I thankfully got to see them live when they were touring this album. Um, All all of the musicians are are really, really fantastic. Intricate guitar work. She's got a voice, extremely powerful voice, really good stuff. I hope you'll like it, but uh, either way, I think you should know it. So, okay, um, Boys and Girls by Alabama Shakes. So this is uh, Southern, Southern Gothic might be appropriate, or uh, you know, I I don't. Okay, I don't know what you got. Brilliant. 
I like it. Uh, so, given that, let me ask you two questions. Um, I, I had another idea first. I'll come back to, but you've you've seen Interview with a Vampire, right? The Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I figured you did. Uh, have you seen? And I know that you you're familiar with some of uh, Tarantino's work because I I think you took me to see Pulp Fiction, didn't you? Uh, in all likelihood, I saw it in the theater in, a bunch of times. In, yeah. Theaters? I feel like I might be the wrong. We might be a little bit off on age from that, right? Because maybe it was uh, that one was of my other when I was in high school in theaters. Yeah, yeah but I was, uh, I, was I was a senior. Uh, oh, was it ninety three? So I feel like it was, and I don't uh, think we knew each other quite yet. Uh, yeah, hmm. and I think Anyways. I saw it in Wisconsin. But anyway, um, have you seen? Uh, and this is the relation. Have you seen Django Unchained? I have. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then I'm not going to do that. That is very I certainly southern. won't recommend. <laughs> I won't recommend Death Proof to you because, ugh. You don't like Death Proof? Oh, uh, no, I hated it. Actually, <laughs> not hated, hated it, but I disliked it. it. Uh, you know what I really hated though was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was, I was. That was atrocious. Oh, thank Wait, you. Was that? Is that the? Is that the? Um, the fairy tale one where they're like. Uh, where they were like, if only people in early Hollywood had been nicer, uh, then people oh, could have come out. Which one? No. Describe to me Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was uh, it had Margot Robbie, and it, it was it explored the idea of like at some point the um, uh, was Brad like an, Pitt was it like an Leonardo DiCaprio? It was an alternate history. So like, if uh, what happens if um, if the uh, who was the who was the mass murderer who had the ranch? Uh, Charlie Manson. Charlie Manson. That's, yeah. yeah so, okay. Sorry. No, the, I have not seen that. But thank you for not assigning it to me. I'm sorry. I was thinking of that I Netflix wish fulfillment show a couple of years ago. There was like a. It was like an eight episode or ten episode uh, show oh. that uh, it was like it was like. Well, we know Hollywood is like super heteronormative, cisnormative, but what if, what if they weren't? Like, what oh, if? Oh, what if? I feel like I heard a little bit about that, yeah, but never watched it. What if some people had just had the courage? It's to a Ryan come Murphy. Out? It's a Ryan. Yeah, Murphy it's thing, a Ryan right? Murphy wish fulfillment thing, and it's it's just total bullshit because it puts all the onus for like fixing Hollywood on the oppressed. Right. It's just interesting. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, if these people had come out earlier, you know, if Rock Hudson, I think Rock Hudson's a character If Rock Hudson had just come out when he was an actor, then then Hollywood would have been like, wait, wait, wait. Is it that? Is it that? Or is it if it had been okay for Rock Hudson to come out? No, it's it's very much like, oh, it's basically saying if these people had just like, you know, yeah, it, wow, it's, I did really? not. I was I was angry when it was over. I was like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> wow. Okay, that's interesting. I might have to check that out just just to check it out. Yeah. Um, Mel, you could certainly right, have so, a different take on it than I did, but I I felt see. like it was just like, yeah. All right. Well, I might shift gears here a little okay. bit. Then, have you seen The Help? No. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to go with that because it okay. has that southern vibe. And it also is a, um, I think it has an Academy Award winning performance. Uh, I think Viola Davis is in it. And uh, some, uh, that's uh, Emma, Emma, no, Emma, what's One of the Emmas. There's so many. Now, you know, now that you said that, there are so many Emmas. Um, 
But so this has an absolutely stunning cast. Emma Stone is who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard's in it. Octavia Spencer, Jessica Chastain, Alice Janney's in it. Love and, Octavia um, Spencer. It's got so many things, and it basically it's it's set around the '60s. Uh, has to do with the civil rights movement, and um, but it's it took me years to watch it, but when I finally did, I was uh, I was smitten. So awesome! Uh, I think that will be our movie. Well, thank you very much for the assignment, and thank you for exposing yourself to me. Well, thanks for exposing yourself to me, Matthew. That's really great. Well, uh, <laughs> do you want to wrap it up? Uh, you wrap it up. I started it. All right. Uh, so this has been the Exposing Yourself podcast. I am Matt Runquist, And I'm Travis Ritchie. And uh, we're wishing you all a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you next time. All right. Take care. Bye. <laughs>